In this episode of Locked On Capitals, we talk about the free agents that are going to be available on July 13th. This is the silly season, as they say. So let's get silly on this next edition of Locked On Capitals. Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form. So head on over to YouTube and check that out. My name is Dan Holney. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. So in this edition, that's what we're talking about. This is what they call the silly season, where there are all these free agents out there, um, and there's just, uh, you know, all these names are attached to different teams. Where are they all going to go? As we know, the free agent deadline is July 13th, and now that the Stanley Cup is over and uh, we know who the winner is, it's time to move on to the next phase, which is to decide where all are all of these free agents going to land. And what we're going to concentrate on in this episode is which one of these players would be a good fit for the Washington Capitals. Uh, this was a story in the Bleach Report. With the 2022 Stanley Cup final underway, fans and pundits will soon turn their attention towards the NHL's offseason business. That will include the start of the annual free agent period beginning at noon Eastern time on Wednesday, July 13th. Um, Contract negotiations should intensify among the summer's noteworthy restricted free agents and their current clubs. Some of them could could end up signing contract extensions following the examples of San Jose Sharks center Thomas Hurdle, Dallas forward Joe Pavelski, and Pittsburgh Penguins winger Brian Rust. Most, however, will likely test the market on July 13th. And if you guys can think back, you know, the Washington Capitals have generally been pretty busy um, around this time. If you remember back, oh, it's time flies about, what, four or five years ago that the Washington Capitals picked up Matt Niskanen and Brooks Orpik. And, uh, you know, like I say, it is advantageous for teams, in this case, the Washington Capitals, to pick up these players before then, because you're going to pay top dollar if you end up waiting uh, until the final moment. So if the Washington Capitals could zero in on some free agents that they want to get on the team to help shore up uh, some loose ends, that would be in their best interest. Uh, most notably, we know that Nick Baxter will most likely not be on the team uh, for the entire season. So to get someone to be that big name center to fill the role of a Nick Backstrom would be huge because if you take a look at it, we don't know if he's going to come back this year or if you listen to the doctors, we don't know if he's going to be coming back, period. So there's a lot of questions that abound about this Washington Capitals team. And then in this episode, let's kind of just break down some of the bigger names out there. The notable forwards could feature Pittsburgh Penguins center Evgeny Malkin, John Klingberg of Dallas could draw attention from teams seeking a puck-moving defenseman. Those in market for a starting goaltender could pursue Colorado Avalanche's Darcy Kemper. So let's take a look at some of the big names that are out there. 
Um, and, you know, I think that the first thing that the Washington Capitals are going to have to address, and I talked about in the previous podcast, uh, is the number one netminder. And uh, so that is going to be a big decision for them to make. But since I covered that, the netminding situation in the last podcast, let's address the forwards and defense position. So there is uh, some big names out there and most notably Evander Kane. And, uh, you know, the interesting thing about Evander Kane is he was linked to the Washington Capitals. Um, as I mentioned in a previous podcast, uh, Alex Ovechkin actually reached out to Evander Kane last season while the Capitals were making their push for the playoffs. And uh, people are talking about, could you ha- have imagined a line with um, Ovechkin, uh, Backstrom, and uh, Evander Kane, or you could put Kuznetsov in it as the center there. That would have been crazy. And, you know, there is some bad blood there uh, between uh, Evander Kane. Um, you know, he's mixed it up with some of the Washington Capitals from time to time. But, you know, he's a bit like a Tom Wilson player where he he's a guy that's easy to not like, but if he's on your team, you love him uh, because he gives his all. You know, sometimes he wears his emotion on his sleeve, if you will. Um, you know, and he's the kind of guy that he's a great goal scorer but he's also not afraid to stand up for himself or others. And uh, I think he might fit well into with the Washington Capitals culture. Uh, if you take a look, they have Tom Wilson, who's a tough guy. They have Garnet Hathaway. Um, and uh, adding a Vander Kane, that would be a lot of snarl on that Washington Capitals team. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, where they go on that. But just kind of taking a look at the first player we talked about there, Evander Kane, I'm saying that that is a good option. The 21-22 season was turbulent one for Evander Kane after he missed the first hand uh, half serving a 21-game suspension and being buried in the minors. The San Jose Sharks terminated his contract on January 9th, making him a free agent. As the NHLPA filed a grievance on Kane's behalf, he signed a one year contract with Ed, the Edmonton Oilers on January 28th. Despite the upheaval, Kane proved to be a terrific fit for the Oilers, skating on the first line alongside superstar Connor McDavid. The 30-year-old left winger tallied 22 goals and 39 points in 43, uh, 43 games, marking the eighth time in his 13-year NHL career he scored 20 or more goals. He was outstanding during the Oilers' playoff run, leading them with 13 goals in 15 games. And let me ask you, Caps Nation, what is there not to like about that? Evander Kane on the Washington Capitals, sign me up. I think that that's good. I know, you know, he's kind of one of these guys, you know, that's a little bit out there. He might do something that will get himself in trouble. He might get suspended. You know, he, he might go a little bit over the top. But with that being said, he has great goal scoring potential. I'm all in on Evander Kane. I don't care what anyone else thinks. I think that if you added him to the Caps team, I think that, you know, a guy that has that kind of goal scoring potential could really go a long way. So the that performance should make Kane an enticing target in this summer's UFA market. Oilers general manager Kev, uh, Ken Holland indicated he'd like him back. However, they have just $7.1 million in salary cap space and must find a goaltender to replace Miko Koskinen, restricted free agent wingers um, Yamamoto and Pugliarvi also require new contracts and you know, every time I bring up these names, I hear things on Twitter like, well, how are they going to fit under the cap? 
that uh, let's leave that up to Brian McClellan. I, I don't know if he, some other player is going to have to move out for him to move in. So I'm not trying to be the, you know, wear the general manager hat and say, you know, that he's going to fit and he's going to fit under the cap. That's not my job. My job in this situation is to take a look at players that I think would be a good fit. So if you move in someone like um, an Evander Kane, then you might have to move out some pieces. But there are some expendable pieces on the Washington Capitals team. If you can get a player of Evander Kane's uh, ilk and, uh, and his quality, Kane's contract termination grievance adds another layer of uncertainty. NHL Depu- Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly said an arbitrator wouldn't be available to hear the case until the July 13 start date of free agency or possibly afterward. If so, Kane could be in limbo until the grievance is heard unless he and the Sharks reach an agreement on a settlement. So that's what I'm saying here. You got to take the good and the bad. You know, some of these players are squeaky clean, like a Nick Backstrom who just doesn't really say anything and just quietly goes about his business. And then there's some guys in the in the NHL that are a little rough around the edges. That's fine too. Um, you know, so you're going to take the good and the bad. You know, we've seen that with Tom Wilson. Tom Wilson's a guy that plays on the edge as well. You know, he's a 20 plus goal scorer, brings a big physical game. But guess what? Sometimes he plays a little bit over the top. Sometimes he's a little bit too physical. It happens. You know, you can't have a bunch of robots playing out there that are just like, I am going to go on my mission. I mean, it's human nature to get, you know, be a little bit over the top at sometimes. And some players are more apt to be doing that than others. So, like I say, I think Evander Kane would make an excellent addition to this Washington Capitals team. All right. So after the break here, we are going to continue to talk about players that I think would be a good fit on this team. There are changes that are going to need to be made. We all know that. Let's talk about those players. But first... BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting esports and scores. And BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, welcome back to this edition of Locked On Capitals. And like I said, this is kind of... This is the, the the topic, and this is the subject of this podcast, is the silly season, as they say. Uh, if you listen to the NHL Network, they throw that term around a lot. Um, I'm a big fan of um, a lot of the different shows on that network. And, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, it, it is the silly season, if you think about it. You know, to think that, you know, these huge players that are going to, you know, move from one team to another, but one can dream. And it's kind of fun to talk about this kind of stuff because let's face it, once the season starts, we're going to be locked into um, talking about the game and what's going to happen in the next game. And you kind of get just kind of locked in that moment. So it is kind of a silly and fun season to talk about. So the next player I want to talk about here is Claude Drew uh, for the Florida Panthers. And, um, 
I think that he is another player that could be a pretty good fit on this team. The Florida Panthers acquired forward Claude Giroux from the Philadelphia Flyers before March trade deadline. The versatile 34-year-old became a terrific fit with his new club, netting 23 points in 18 regular season games, as well as 8 points in 10 playoff games. Approaching the end of his eight-year deal worth $8.3 million per season, Drew proved that he was still something had still something left in the tank. He won't get another expensive long-term deal at this stage of his career, but could get a two- or three-year contract worth around $6 million annually. And like I said, I am not the GM in this case. I don't know how they're going to fit him under the cap. That's not for me to decide. I'm just talking about what players I think would be good fits on this team. They might need to move some people around. That may be the case. On May 26, Florida Hockey's now's George Richard reported Giroux could picture himself returning with the Panthers. However, they have just $3.1 million in projected salary cap space with 17 players under contract for next season. General manager Bill Zito will have to shed quite a bit of salary to make room for Giroux and whoever else he'd like to re-sign or replace. Giroux makes his off-season home in Ottawa. On March 25th, the Ottawa Suns' Bruce Garrett reported Giroux was said to be intrigued by the rebuilding Senators. On June 8th, Athletics' Pierre LeBron suggested the chance to win a Stanley Cup could factor in where he signs this summer. And, uh, you know, that would be an interesting move for him to go out to the Ottawa Senators. Um I just, I, I mean, that is a team in rebuild. I think that is a fair statement to make, but how many years away is that team from contention? That's the big question. Uh, you know, the Ottawa Senators were an interesting team in the regard that they kind of saw what they had. This is going back a few years here. They had some bigger name players, but it ultimately wasn't enough to take them over the top. So what they did is uh, they they moved on from some of these players. They traded them. Some of the players left on their own. But in the process of doing some of that, they also acquired a bunch of really top draft picks, you know, first-round picks and second-round picks. And some of those won't uh, reach uh, fruition or they won't come to fact uh, within the next couple of years here. But I think that that Ottawa Senators team um, is poised to be a really great team in the future. But keep, keeping this back to Claude Giroux here, you know, I think that he's kind of coming up on the end of his career here. And, um, you know, you just kind of take a look at, at you know, I, I, he had that long run. He was the captain of the Flyers. And then, you know, he was just, I think that he ultimately wanted to be on a winning team. And if you took a look at the Florida Panthers, they were headed to the playoffs. And on paper, it kind of seemed like they were a contender to win the Stanley Cup. Obvious, obviously, we know that wasn't the case. But on paper, it really seemed like it was possible. You know, they had Bobrovsky and Ned, and they had a lot of offensive firepower. But ultimately, I think they were outcoached and outdueled, and the Florida Panthers made a quick exit as well. So Claude Giroux, you know, he's getting to that point of his his career. You know, he played many years in, for the Flyers, like I talked about, and that kind of just, you know, started swirling around the drain there. We all know what kind of team the Flyers are. They picked up Tortorella, and I think they're probably at least a few years away from contention. You know, unless they can really just kind of piecemeal together some kind of players here and there. I ultimately think that, you know, like I say, it's going to be a few years away before the Flyers are in contention. So in any event, that is why Drew left. He went to Florida for greener pastures. As it turns out, uh, those pastures were brown as well. So um, 
that's what I'm talking about is that he's at the point now where he might want to go home. You know, he's at the end of his career. He lives in Ottawa, you know, the senators could use someone like him to mentor some of the younger players on the team. But what I'm saying is that if he is open to the possibility, you know, considering the injury to Nick Backstrom, where we know he's going to be gone, you know, probably for all of next season. And if you listen to different doctors out there, he may never return again. They could use someone like uh, Claude Giroux on the team uh, to fill some of the role that Nick Backstrom did. And I know that I've talked about, and I do think that the Washington Capitals need to go younger, but, um, you know, just for next year, if they sign him to like a one-year deal or something like that, um, then I think that uh, that would be a good fit. I, I think the Capitals could use someone of his experience um, because to try to get someone from Hershey to, to slot them into the lineup and try them to get to fill the role that Nick Backstrom did is going to be a bit difficult, I got to say. I mean, uh, Nick Backstrom brought a lot to the table. And uh, I don't know necessarily, you know, if an AHL player is going to be able to fill that void. I, you know, we kind of saw little glimpses of it last year. If you look at the beginning of last season, they they worked in Leeson and Protus and and uh, briefly Hendricks Lapierre, and you know they all had you know flashes of success. But, you know, like uh, J.J. Regan talked about with me, it wasn't sustainable. So they need that uh, that sustainable uh, scoring. They need that, you know, that uh, good hockey IQ that um, Nicholas Backstrom had because the mind was willing, but the body was weak. Uh, in the case of Nick Backstrom last year, you could tell that it really irked him, that uh, he wasn't able to perform on the level that he was the year before. You know, the, the brain is still there. The hockey IQ is there. It's just that that hip injury was just really hampering his progress. So, you know, you know, say worst case scenario, Nick Backstrom never does come back to the Washington Capitals. You know, they can sit there and, and say, woe is me. You know, it's unfortunate that they lost one of the best players on in Capitals history, but they need to move on. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think that they need to do that necessarily right now, but they need to to monitor the situation. And I think that someone like a Claude Giroux would be a good fit on this Washington Capitals team. All right, so after the break here, we are going to continue to talk about the free agents that are available. You know, there's a few weeks here before it is the free agency deadline. And then that's when the rubber really meets the road. Like I say, it would be best for the Capitals to take care of this before then so they don't pay top dollar. But we'll talk a little bit more about some of those free agents after the break. All right, welcome back to this edition of Locked On Capitals as we are talking about some of the free agents uh, that are available in the previous podcast. I focused on netminding, but in this one, I'm talking about forwards and defensemen. And, uh, you know, another interesting name out there, one of the bigger names out there is John Klingberg uh, from the Dallas Stars. If this was John Klingberg's final season with the Dallas Star, he's Dallas Stars, he probably won't remember it fondly. The 29-year-old defenseman's public unhappiness in January over his stalled contract talks made him the subject of trade speculation. Though his play improved and he finished the season with the Stars, TSN's Pierre LeBron reported on June 17th that he appears headed to the free agent market. 
Klingberg spent the past seven seasons carrying an, an annual salary cap hit of $4.25 million. It's expected he'll be seeking a substantial pay raise on his next deal. On October 16th, Sportsnet, Sportsnet's Jeff Merrick reported he sought an eight-year contract from the Stars worth between $62 million and $66 million. That's an annual salary cap hit of $7.75 million and $8.5 million. So that is a bit on the expensive side. But if there is some possibility that the Capitals could, you know, find a way to get him a little bit on the cheaper side of things, I think that that would be another good option. This one's a little bit closer to home. You know, as we talked about the different players that are available over there, you know, in the NHL, is Chris Letang, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Chris Letang has uh, been patrolling the Pittsburgh Penguins blue line for 16 seasons, helping them win three Stanley Cups as one of the better puck-moving defensemen in the league. At an age where most blue liners are past their prime, the 35-year-old Letang enjoyed a career-best 68-point performance in the 21-22 season. That effort means Letang might not accept a pay cut from his current $7.25 million annual salary cap hit. While he won't be getting another long-term deal like the eight-year contract he's completing this season, he could seek an annual average value of $7 million. On June 13th, Athletics, Rob Rossi reported the Penguins' priority is signing Latang to a multi-season contract. He said he'd like to play another five seasons. The most of, excuse me, the cost of keeping him could make it difficult to retain Malkin, depending on how much of a pay cut he's willing to accept. And, you know, if you take a look at that Penguins team, uh, they also seem to be a team, you know, that's getting older. A lot of those players have been there for some time, and they're kind of in a similar position as the Washington Capitals. They're in the need uh, of going younger. And I think that uh, they're facing some big questions uh, in front of them as well. You know, which ones are they going to keep? Are they going to keep Latang? Are they going to keep Malkin? It's difficult to keep a lot of these players that have been around a long time because they want the Kings ransom. They want to get paid the most money and they want term with that deal. But, you know, I, if you look at teams, they, ha- I mean, I know that that's what the player wants, but they, you know, they are, they're kind of not looking at the facts. They're not looking at the facts that they are not the player that they once were, that they are getting older. And uh, to have that kind of money tied up for a lengthy period of time is not always in a team's best interest. So, you know, you might see a lot of moving parts around. Is it possible that a Pittsburgh Penguin uh, player could be coming to the Washington Capitals? I know they are bitter rivals, but I think if they could get the right one, like a Chris Letang, um, or we'll talk about in an upcoming podcast, another player I have in mind, but I think that, uh, you know, it worked for Orpik uh, coming to the Washington Capitals. Um, you know, I think that he he played well uh, for the Capitals, so Taking a look at the next guy on the list here, and this is going to be a familiar name to you, is Philip Forsberg. Yes, I know Philip Forsberg. I had a whole podcast devoted to nothing but Philip Forsberg. Well, this I'm not going to talk about the bad trade deal. I'm going to talk about righting the wrong here, and I'm going to talk about bringing Philip Forsberg back to the district. This is the number one. This is the one that you want to bookmark that I'm talking about. Bringing him back, I think that that would erase away anything, any mistakes that um, may have been made in the past. 
Skating in the final season of a six-year contract, Philip Forsberg enjoyed a career best in the 21-22 season. The 27-year-old Nashville Predators left-wing finished second among his teammates with 42 goals and was third with 84 points. This season may have also been Forsberg's last in NHL. Uh, TSN's Chris Johnson reported on June 17th that there hasn't been much progress in contract negotiations since March, but both sides dug in on their respective positions. So they think that that might be his last season in Nashville. Having earned $6 million annually on his current contract, Forsberg could seek a pay raise exceeding $8 million annually on an eight-year deal. That would be in line with what teammates Matt Duchesne and Ryan Johansson are making. Um, so that's what I'm talking about. I don't want to belabor the fact that, you know, is he going to come to the Capitals and we want to to right the wrong. But, you know, just to briefly state it, if they could get Philip Forsberg back to the team, I think that that would be a good move. I think that, uh, you know, the, it would help with the Washington Capitals move on from that whole thought process. So, you know, that's what I'm talking about. We're just kicking about names here. Philip Forsberg is a free agent. The Washington Capitals are in need of players similar to him. Would he be a good fit? Time will only tell. So once again, thank you for joining me on this special edition of Locked On Capitals, the silly season edition, I guess we could call it. That's what they call it around the NHL, where every team is kind of vying and we're trying to see. It's like a big jigsaw puzzle. Will this will this player fit with this team? And oh, no, that piece isn't going to fit together. So it is kind of um, fun to talk about these different players, these big name players playing on the Washington Capitals. What big name player would you like to see come to the Washington Capitals? Hit me up on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218, or you can hit me up at LockedOnCaps. Of these players that I talked about tonight, which one do you think would be a good fit on the Washington Capitals? I think that there's going to be some big moves. I think that the Capitals are going to swing for the fences. I guess it just remains to be seen if uh, what player that happens to be. All right, once again, thank you for, enjoy, uh, for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, and I'll talk to you again next time.